Hello and welcome to End Goals, an LCMS Youth Ministry podcast. I'm host Reverend Mark Kiesling and I'm with DCE Juliana Schultz. We are here to bring parents, church workers, and lay leaders discussions and resources to help your youth ministry meet its end goal, which is young people who are disciples of Jesus Christ for life. Today, we continue digging into the book Connected for Life with Dr. Deborah Arfston and talk about the importance of congregational support for youth ministry. In an earlier episode of the podcast, as part of our Youth Ministry Starter Pack, Dr. Arfson tackled this topic with us, this importance of having congregational support for ministry to youth and also young people. If you want to hear that discussion, it can be found in episode 28 in the show's archives. But this topic is so important, and really, we didn't even hit the items that she talks about in the chapter for Connected for Life. We wanted to have Debbie back and to give additional insight to this important topic. Healthy youth ministry doesn't just happen all on its own. It's on its own island. Uh, it includes more than just uh, parents or the youth ministry volunteers. It's an entire congregational support system and effort. A support of adults inside and outside youth ministry programming can bring positive and encouraging support to our young people in their life with Jesus. Uh, so healthy youth ministry takes that whole village, the whole congregational community. Uh, this chapter had valuable insight and really helped build a foundation as leaders move into recruiting volunteers and getting into the functions of ministry. We wanted to have Dr. Arson back on the show. Also, we wanted to have a discussion around issues that congregations may be facing as we move forward in the middle of a pandemic and also do our best to plan coming out of it. That means having the congregational leadership, families, and congregational members valuing what happens in youth ministry and desiring them to be a part of that process and how we invest in young people and those healthy practices. So joining us again on End Goals is Dr. Deborah Arson, Professor, uh, Christian Education, DCE Program Director, and Synodical Placement Director at Concordia Chicago. So it's great to have you back on the podcast. When we had you the first time, we didn't get to ask you some of our typical questions we ask our, our people we interview. So we're going to start by asking you to tell us about your vocations and things that bring you joy. Sure. Well, it's great to be back with you. Um, I actually started my ministry uh, in the parish, uh, initially with youth ministry, and then later on with a combination of Christian education and music ministry. After a number of years in parish ministry in different settings, uh, I was then called into higher education at Concordia Chicago, specifically training future DCEs for parish ministry. I love to teach and I love the work I get to do with congregations as they seek help in preparing for a DCE or a DCE intern and helping them discern what is best for their particular setting. Probably one of the greatest joys I have is watching um, the young people come into Concordia at the ripe age of 18 and just watch them grow and mature uh, in their understanding of God, um, grow in their faith and really learning what ministry is all about. Ultimately, it's really a great joy when I see them serving on their internship and then seeing how all of their academic work and their college life uh, comes together as they serve God's people in their uh, internship setting. I think we've been really blessed. You've brought your students down to the International Center um, in various years, or we've been up on your campus. And whether it's ch at Chicago or other universities in our system, um, I, it, is, it really is cool to watch these young people. One, to, we've talked about these practices of healthy youth ministry and see that they've come from churches where that's often happened and they put into roles of leadership. And then to be continued form and shaped through your system 
put them into opportunities to lead is really, <clears throat> really awesome to see. So thank you for your investment in that piece. And we want to hear a little bit kind of about you get to see young people go through that. We want to hear a little bit about your journey into servant leadership, about what were some key things maybe in your youth years, college years, whatever it might have been to where like you really saw people investing in you or experiences that led you into ministry and connected your relationship with Jesus and with his church. Sure. So I grew up in the Lutheran church, was always uh, very actively involved. I even remember um, when I was probably junior high, early high school, had a volunteer youth leader at my mm-hmm. church. Mm-hmm. It's a smaller yeah. Lutheran church. And she was awesome. Her name was Alice. I remember her. I remember, you know, every Sunday night was youth night and just the personal relationships that she built with us. Um, and then in high school, we ended up changing churches. Um, and I had a pastor that was also very in, um, invested into youth ministry. And uh, I, I had a lot of conversations with him about that as well. But, but interestingly enough, I don't recall anybody during those years ever say to me, hey, would you ever think about being in church work? which I think is so important Mm -hmm. for the church to do. So ironically, um, during my college years, I worked at the Lutheran camp in Oklahoma for three summers. And that was really the place where I met um, other people my age who were maybe at a Concordia, who were studying to be teachers or DCEs or pastors. And that's really where I first learned about full-time church ministry. And so it was really through those relationships that I started thinking, well, maybe this is what I need to be doing. So I kind of joke about those were hot summers in Oklahoma and who knew that that would be the direction that God would take me, you know? Um, But I grew up in Oklahoma, so I was okay. Um, But that really was the place that, that I feel was the turning point for me to not only grow closer to God, my relationship with him, but to really understand that there was a calling and a vocation Mm -hmm. in full-time ministry. And that's really what caused me to change colleges and uh, go the Concordia route. Awesome. We love camp ministry and the power that has in in so many (laughs) different ways, both in in encouraging people to consider that, but also in training training up young church workers and and practices and that kind of thing. Uh, Fantastic stuff. Uh, So on the previous time we had John on the podcast, we spent a lot of time focusing on the importance of communication uh, in congregational youth ministry and that communication taking place uh, between the youth worker and the parent, the youth worker and pastors and senior leaders, the youth worker and youth themselves, uh, and considering what a lot of congregations are facing right now, uh, moving forward with ministry and uh, what congregations have experienced in the last year or so. Uh, what are some tips you would give to youth ministry leaders to communicate particularly to their pastor or to other leadership teams? And why is that communication so important? So we know that this last year has just been so challenging for all of our congregations and certainly youth ministry um, within that. Uh, I sent out DC interns last year in the middle of COVID Mm -hmm. and who had to land in a congregation and figure out how do I do youth ministry when I don't even see my youth face to face. Mm -hmm. And so there have been so many challenges with that. Um, Our young people have lost out on a lot 
certainly, just like many other people. And I think the big thing I keep hearing is that, you know, they haven't been around their friends. They haven't been in community with other people. And so there's so many that have just felt so isolated and alone, even in spite of so many youth leaders working so hard to do like Zoom Bible studies and Zoom youth events, you know, we know that it's just not the same. And we know that even though things are starting to open up, um, youth ministry may not look the same anytime soon. And so I think we're going to see that some are going to be hesitant to come back in person. Mm -hmm. Um, We may have lost some for good in this process. We know that. Um, I also think that some relationships may have suffered simply because people have been apart. Mm -hmm. And so I think um, youth leaders may have to look at that and may have to backtrack and say, okay, I really need to rebuild a lot of these relationships um, one at a time you know, reconnect with these young people, really uh, get into their hearts and like, how are you doing? How can I be supportive? And certainly doing that face-to-face will be most helpful. Um, I think it's also a really important time for youth leaders to be in contact with parents, you know, the family members, to see how they're doing as a family, to see how they can support their, their youth um, during this really important time. Um, you know, got to figure out what are the needs of kids now? You know, what do they need? Um, how do I share that with my pastor? So, because pastors are also in a position where they're going to be trying to figure out ministry too, post-COVID. And so for the youth leader to be able to, to talk to families, talk to youth, discern what those needs are, communicate that with the pastor so the pastor can support um, that youth leader in what they're going to be trying to do with youth ministry. Um, We know that there's a lot of questions about like, what's next? What's ministry going to look like in 2022? We don't know. Mm -hmm. Okay. But figuring out like reminding people why we do youth ministry why it's so critical um, is is just so important to do. I think personally, I think the rebuilding time is going to take time. Mm -hmm. It's really going to be one step at a time, one youth at a time, but it just needs to happen. And I still think there's just so much hope that as we reconnect in person and reconnect in ministry, that that's just going to build youth ministry to look new and different for serving the church and the community. I think you hit on something there. I'm, I'm not necessarily a real patient person. And I really do think, like you said, this time coming out, not just in youth ministry across the board, it's going to take a lot of patience in terms of either re- reconnecting in those relationships or building new ones. And I think the Holy Spirit's going to give a lot of opportunities for that. But I think that's a great reminder in terms of, you know, it's in God's timing and for us to be patient with that and not give up and go through those steps, I think is huge. We did a quick survey with youth leaders recently, and we're trying to gauge how do we ask those questions. And we just simply ask, you know, how do your relational connections do you feel in your youth ministry from now to a year previously? And by, you know, definitely the responses were they've been shaken. They've been, they've been um, hurt through this process. Um, So I think, you know, we're trying to resource that and certainly encourage our youth leaders to say, Hey, take your time with this, build those relationships, reconnect. Uh, but then again, those importance of those those connections for sure. So thanks, thanks for your insight. And and we we want to transition here a little bit and, and dig into uh, some of the wisdom that you provide in the chapter. That that's a good great place for us to talk about that. Like if you're looking for some areas, even 
certainly we weren't talking about a pandemic four or five years ago when we were starting to put together this book, but yet nonetheless, the foundational truths are there for how do we make those steps and find that encouragement to do that. And and you spend a lot of time and we've, we've already had some um, sessions about like bringing volunteers in and how do you kind of develop that team? But you're really talking, I think, kind of a high level team and key volunteers about how you work that together. So you're not alone in that ministry and that support system you have. And you give insights and tips to that process. Certainly, which will look different in different congregations based on size, resources, and things. But um, in discussing that process, you list specific components of what the leader of youth ministry shall provide to the team. And that's could be the pastor, could be a DCE, could be a called worker, uh, could be a key volunteer, or maybe a part-time paid person that kind of is the point person and leads this process. Of that great list that you have, which would encourage readers to look at if you have the book, can you maybe pull out three or five components you would lift up to the listeners? Sure. As as I went back and reviewed that list, there were probably three or four that kind of jumped out to me as really foundational and critical to youth ministry at any point in time and certainly right now. Um, so the first one that I note is the one of spiritual leadership. Mm-hmm. And I include in there the one on the prayer leadership as well. I believe firmly that we can just never forget why we're doing what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And I think if we get too caught up in, in activities and numbers and, you know, all these other pieces that are important, but that we stray away from the reason why we're doing what we're doing, then we're missing that everything we're doing is for the sake of the gospel. So I think we need to ground our meetings, our events, our activities in God's word and certainly in prayer. And, you know, we're reminded that we're together for a purpose. You know, we obviously are building relationships, but ultimately we want to grow in our learning of God's word, in um, how to grow in our faith journey, um, learning in our ability to serve one another. Um, And so those are really critical. And of course, we always want to be aware that we need to be sharing the gospel with those who don't yet know it. Mm-hmm. And so that to me is is very foundational. And the prayer piece too, it's like we should always be in prayer for one another as leaders, mm-hmm. for our youth, for their families, for our congregations, for the community. You know, those two pieces together to me are foundational for Christian life and certainly foundational for youth ministry. Uh, the next one that I would note is one that I would say is being an authentic person. This last year has been really hard. And I've had many conversations with both DCEs and other youth leaders that have just struggled. And, you know, sometimes it's really hard to kind of let ourselves be real with other people and admit when we're struggling, admit where we're weak, admit when we need help. But it's been a tough year and that's not over yet. And so I think the days ahead are challenging. And so I think we need to share with our teammates, like when, when you need help, I, do I just need to talk to you? Would you pray for me? Like, I'm really struggling with this. Um, that's not a sign of weakness. That's a sign of a real authentic relationship when we can have those kind of conversations with each other. And when you do that, then your teammates will do the same with you. Mm -hmm. 
And so just having that authenticity um, is so important. And I think it's also really important when you, when you fail, you know, a, a leader fails, okay? We're human just like anybody else. But if you mess up to say, I messed up, I'm really sorry, you know, would you please forgive me for that? That again is what we do as Christians. And um, we need to do that with one another. Uh, humility is so important in this time. Uh, I believe that there's no room for ego in mm-hmm. leadership, mm-hmm. Um, that we are all called with our specific gifts um, to be teammates with one another, and that when ego gets in the way, it messes up the team. So be humble, you know, ask for help, ask for forgiveness. Um, and then the other thing with authenticity is, is uh, celebrate the joys, you know, share with people when you're excited about something or when, you know, because I think sometimes we get really caught up in the, oh, poor me. And oh, this has been hard. And this has been a struggle that we forget to celebrate the joyful things that God has put in front of us and that we get to celebrate um, together. And so then the final component that I would add for today is the one of building relationships with the team. Mm -hmm. It it all goes together here. Okay. God created us to be in community. God created us to work with one another and to care and love one another. And I have seen teams that when they don't know one another, there tends to be more room for um, conflict misunderstanding, impatience, because we don't always know what's going on in the lives of one another. But if I know somebody on my team is maybe going through a tough time at home or at their job, and maybe they're not as um, able to help out, then I have an understanding of that. And I'm not upset with that. But instead, I want to pray for that person and support that person however I can. So when we invest in one another, um, we love one another, we care about one another. When we do that, that creates this beautiful dynamic of a team that is like family um, with all its (laughs) warts and its joys that come with that. Um, But that allows you to like celebrate with them when times are great. It allows you to walk with them in times of sorrow. And it just is a wonderful dynamic of love and care that that Jesus expects us to do and that we desire to do with one Mm -hmm. another. Yeah, I so appreciate that. Um, we've heard it beautifully here from you. We've heard it from a couple other people in the last few podcasts, this idea of like, as somebody who's a youth leader, often our focus becomes completely about what, what teens need. And we forget that it's just as much for us about our faith, um, what God is doing in our lives, the community of faith that we need around us, support the authenticity that we need to experience as well, um, that that is um important, not just for us, but as a great model for young people as well, right? That we have to be living and walking that walk um, in in the way that God has called us in order for us to be able to do youth ministry for teens well. Um, And in the chapter, you quote um, Ephesians 4.12, equip the saints for the work of ministry for building up the body of Christ. Um, So I'm curious, what are some ways uh, adults are personally encouraged and equipped in their faith as they invest in the lives of young people? 
Well, I'm a firm believer that um, young people need multiple adults in their lives, people that are not their parents, not their teachers, uh, but instead people who just love them and care about them and want to invest in them. And those show up in people of all ages, all backgrounds. And that's the beauty of youth ministry, of those people that invest in them. But I think it's equally important that the church invests in those people who are serving in that capacity. You know, there are a lot of youth leaders that just get so much joy in serving that they, they love the time they spend with young people. So they're uplifted in that way, you know, when they get to serve. But there's no question that there's probably times they get tired, times they maybe don't feel very supported. Maybe they feel kind of isolated, like, okay, you're in charge of youth, go and go and do, have fun, you know, <laughs> let us know if you need anything. And instead of having people that are saying, how can we invest in those leaders? And so I, I believe that there needs to be opportunities for training. Now, obviously, our professional church workers have their education in, in the you know, Concordia system or some other system. But we have so many wonderful volunteer youth leaders that also could, could gain so much from training. And so I think, um, you know, ways to do that, uh, find conferences to attend. For example, the ones that youth ministry office um, sponsors are wonderful, excellent conferences. And there are many others uh, that are out there as well. Um, there could be podcasts. There's like this one. <laughs> there's like lots and lots of podcasts out there, uh, seminars. There's online groups of people that could be a, a youth ministry leader, you know, online support group, which would be awesome. And those are things that, that help, especially our, our volunteer lay leaders in, you know, knowledge about working with youth. Mm -hmm. uh, but also creating the network for support and encouragement. I, I believe that congregations that invest in their workers, you know, called workers or lay workers are going to get the blessings of having leaders that are not only really equipped um, to work with those kids, but they're going to find people who are really joyful in serving those kids because they feel valued, they feel equipped and they really want to be there. There's a couple of uh, ministry conferences that I regularly attend that um, offer me new insights, you know, through some of the workshops and speakers, um, certainly a lot of networking opportunities, which I so greatly value. But probably even more than that is that it rejuvenates me. It creates, recreates an excitement and passion for the ministry that I'm called to do and makes me want to come back and then jump in at even a stronger level. So I just think there's so much benefit to this kind of training. You talked about some resources certainly that are outside of the context of the local church and how external resources and networks connect. And I want you to spend a little bit more time. You've talked about networks. So actually people to people connections. And I think that's valuable too. I mean, I know I see it in, in my own life. I'm sure you see it in many ways too. I mean, you certainly write about the importance of developing that external network for that encouragement. I think is a big part of it um, to be able to share concerns, but also joys um, and also receive uh, uh, new resources and insight. Um, and also, again, to be encouraged in what we do. 
Um, and certainly we've seen over the last uh, months of new networks develop thanks to getting comfortable with Zoom and other online resources. But there's uh, either tried and true ones too that have used those resources in such a way. And so we want you to let me tell us a little bit about maybe those benefits again, in, in addition to uh, what you've already said about those external networks and how you've maybe benefited from those. And where do you see networks happening in our church body today that our listeners could connect with if they already haven't? Sure. I think external networks are so helpful for the for the youth leader that someday, whether they're called worker or not, that just some days just go, I feel really alone or I don't have a clue what to do at the next youth night. Like I have been doing this for 10 years. I don't I don't have any ideas. I'm so discouraged. I just need help. And I'm sure there's that internal conversation that happens all the time, Mm -hmm. you know, because we do, we do it for so long and then we run out of ideas. We run out of energy. And so reaching out to people is, is so valuable. And so what I see is there's different, different avenues to do this. So for the professional DCE, for example, the, the Kindle organization is one that offers, you know, kind of long-term professional development. And that's designed for that purpose. Um, for uh, DCEs, we also have NADCE, which is our professional conference and, and our organization. And so those are places that we can get um, like-minded people that can help support us. But in addition to that, you know, uh, a lot of our districts have um district DCE meetings. Mm-hmm. In my particular district, we don't call it that. We call it parish professionals. Mm-hmm. And so it's not limited to DCEs. Really, anybody could show up who's working in Christian education mm-hmm. or youth ministry. And if more DCEs did that and encouraged, you know, churches to send even lay leaders mm-hmm. to those meetings could be really valuable for that support and encouragement. Also, um, both uh, NADCE and Youth Ministry have Facebook pages that have mm-hmm. been so valuable with ideas and, and you know, encouragement kind of things. So those are easy ways to go online and find that kind of support. Um, and one other thought, and I encourage my DC students to do this all the time, is when you get into your parish, you may or may not be close to another mm-hmm. DCE. Okay. But there are going to be other people in your community doing youth ministry. Mm-hmm. So, so connect with them, call them up, invite them to coffee, um, whatever, and talk about youth ministry. This is not, um, the, I, I always say like, they don't have to be Lutheran. Mm-hmm. They just have to be doing youth ministry and have a passion for kids. Mm-hmm. Even that you can get support, you can get encouragement, you can get some wonderful ideas that maybe you've never thought of before. I just think that we have to be willing to reach out, look for the those external networks and be intentional about being part of that. Because once you do that, you will be so blessed by all that comes from that system. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's, sometimes you have to, to make your own network uh, if it's in that local area. Uh, sometimes you can tap into what's already there, but so important to have other people who, who are doing that same uh, ministry that can help you kind of work through those things. There's something incredibly valuable about that. 
Yeah. Can I say one more thing, Julia? Yeah. So just, just thinking about my own experiences. I mean, I've served in parish ministry. I now serve in college ministry. Um, but I just rely on my external network of people um, for so many different things. And, you know, I, I can say here, like the people in the youth ministry office, part of my external network, people that I, I love and love being around um, for the support that you give. I, I get that in other places through other DC directors or other um, congregations or pastors that I work with. And it just has enriched my life and my ministry so much. And so that if I ever have those moments where I feel like I feel alone, man, do I have people to go to to really help me with that? Yeah. Yeah. And even if it is just a Facebook post or, or a quick Zoom call, having those people in that moment of isolation is incredibly valuable um, for, for everyone, I think. Um, can I switch the thought a little bit? And one of the things we saw in our research was that um, when we ha- wanted to think about how young people were cared for over the long term, one of the things that we saw was this need for a support system that managed that time of transition, particularly as staff came and went, right? That lots of times those relationships were connected to staff. And when staff left, um, sometimes people were on the edges or on the margins got lost, um, or we had a more difficult time managing those relationships, both for uh, new staff coming in or, or um, as staff left and looking to see how lay leaders can help pick up some of that slack. Um, and I, I really, that's so important for the congregation to be thinking about ahead of time before a transition <laughs> for how they can care for that. So how can a, a broad-based uh, congregational system be helpful uh, and how can we prepare that in, in a time of transition for staffing? So a youth leader should never lead by themselves. Whether they're a called worker or a volunteer, there should always be a team of people whether that team is three people or 10 people, it doesn't really matter, but you want to be able to connect with kids and build relationships. And what happens then is that when that youth leader leaves, then there, those kids aren't left alone. There's still other adults that are right there with them that they know are going to be there, there to support them and encourage them. So when you build a team ahead of time and you create a great dynamic with that team, then one person leaves. And yes, that definitely affects the team. There's often, you know, sadness with somebody leaving, um, but they're not, those youth are not just left there going, well, now what, you know, does that mean the youth group is over and there won't be anything else to do when there's other people on the team that's what's going to make a difference in that transition. It's really important to have those network of people, um, you know, support those kids, um, you know, encourage those kids, keep things moving forward um, during that time. At the same time, acknowledging the person that left, you know, celebrating the time that they were with them. Um, you know, it could be a called worker taking another call. It could be that awesome volunteer leader that move is moving away, and, you know, but celebrate that and, and, show those youth how, how we do relationships. We care for people and then we move forward. 
Okay. God always provides new leaders and, and ministry will continue on regardless of that. I think on the other side of that is that uh, when you bring in a new staff person um, and maybe again, that could be a, a, a volunteer leader, but especially like if you're bringing in say a DCE or a DCE intern is how can a congregation create a, a network right away for that person when they come in the door. Every year I send out DCE interns into new places. I send out DCEs into new places. What I have seen most successful is that when, first of all, you have a pastor and potentially other staff members that, that make the way that say, here are the key people for you to connect with right away. Maybe they're key youth families you know, um, go have dinner with them, you know, go, go have coffee with them, get to know these people right away. Um, they pave the way to say, here are some key lay leaders that are going to walk with you initially to help get you settled in here, you know, to get you connected, to help, you know, here's, here's what we've been doing, you know, here's our vision for this ministry and to help move forward. When a, a DCE or an intern walks in and they feel like there's no support there, they feel a little lost and it just takes more time to get connected. But when they walk in and they feel like, oh, wow, okay, they set up this meeting with me for this person who's been working with youth and okay, okay, there's this youth event and, you know, it really sets the stage for a great, hopefully long-term you know, relationship there. Debbie, again, uh, we just want to thank you for coming on the podcast and, and providing your insight and wisdom to our audience. Um, certainly grateful for the contribution you gave to Connected for Life as well. As we just wrap up here, are there any other resources to which you would uh, point our audience to around building and developing your youth ministry team or building and encouraging congregational support for youth ministry? Yeah, you know, there there are lots of resources out there um, for youth ministry, certainly through your youth ministry office. There are plenty out there um, and there's just there's so many out there. But one in particular that I would raise up is a book called Your First Two Years in Youth Ministry by Doug Fields. This book was written a number of years ago. It's a book that I use in our youth ministry class at Concordia. And over the years, I've had our DCE grads come back time and time again and say, this is such an awesome book. Because it really, what it does is that there's, it's a comprehensive mm -hmm. manual sort of that really covers everything from how do you establish a spiritual foundation? How do you minister to parents and families? How do you work with volunteers? And so much more than that. And it really is comprehensive. And so even though it says your first two years, I, I dare say you could use it <laughs> way beyond two years. Right. And, and even in, if you go to a new setting, mm -hmm. you know, like if you go to another church, you could use that book again. Or if you get a new volunteer leader, you know, let them read it because it might be all new stuff to them. But that's one I would raise up in particular as a really great resource. That'll come yeah. up oftentimes in conversation. I think uh, Doug gave a great gift to the church at large by writing that book because I think it has a lot of helpful insight, uh, certainly about congregational ministry. Yep, he sure did. Well, we're so grateful that you took the time and helped us, and we hope and encourage people will uh, to read the chapter that you wrote um, as well as the others that are in the book. Um, but we thank you for sharing your expertise with us today. Thank you. It was really a delight to be back with you.
Again, we're thankful for Debbie's insight um, in discussing this topic. It was great to have her back on the starter pack. Um, and just partly we had her on, obviously, it was because she wrote this chapter, but we really went kind of another direction. So I get a little more insight into the, the chapter she actually wrote for Connected for Life. Just a lot of stuff. I think that importance of the importance of the team in ministry, that you're not alone, not doing it by yourself. Um, and, and sometimes that might mean developing the team you have, but also might be starting that process too. And saying that, again, I love how she said it. It's not a sign of weakness but we're doing what's best for our young people, congregational ministry, and for yourself too, as the leader in youth ministry. Yeah, teams are so important, um, both for your young people and for your ministry and for you, right? Yeah. I'm just recognizing that how much teams um, help fill in <laughs> the body of Christ, where mm-hmm. you might have weaknesses mm-hmm. where they have strengths, but to support each other, um, to be able to push and pull as you know, at different points and different times, we all have different levels of, of availability and, and bandwidth to be able to navigate that um, and to care for one another yep. and in some ways to hold each other accountable mm-hmm. to making sure that uh, as youth leaders, we're taking care of our own selves, our own families and our own faith lives, you know, that we're in worship, that we're doing Bible mm-hmm. study, that mm-hmm. we're praying uh, together and individually that we're doing those things. Because uh, sometimes those pieces can get put by like, oh, they're less important. I really need to focus on what we're doing for the teens. And, and that really is, um, can be really dangerous, I think. Absolutely. And I, I think it helps that, uh, that too, when we're talking about long-term discipleship making for our young people is that it just gives more relational connection to their home congregation, people with different gifts and skills that can, uh, you know, invest into them and keep them connected and be praying for them. And so it just, it helps, I think, young people too see how too they can serve in the congregation when they're older as well. So it's just as a lot of ways in which the Holy Spirit works in unexpected ways, but it helps again, keep us focused on our young people, but yet also give that broader vision to how are we getting that connection happen post high school um, as we invest in them. So just teams are so valuable. Yeah. And teams, not just in youth ministry, but your whole leadership team. Right. Um, Not just, you know, the team that you have that's caring about young people in particular, but who do you have on your board of directors, on Mm -hmm. your board of elders? Mm -hmm. Who do you have on your staff Um, from your pastor to your secretary to your music person? Like, how are you making sure that everybody's kind of uh, caring for each other is on the same page? And, um, you know, I think that's a two way street of Mm -hmm. making sure you're communicating with them, Mm -hmm. uh, that you're working with them, that you're working uh, in tandem to care for one another and to work ministry, all ministry forward. Um, and then how are those leaders uh, encouraging and investing in youth leaders in their kind of making sure they're getting access to networks or training or resources that they need to be able to do that ministry well? Again, we're certainly uh, thankful for the many ways that you are investing in your team, encouraging your team, equipping your team, um, praying for God's blessings on on those steps for you. I also really loved uh, how Deb talked about um, that this rebuilding <laughs> or building that comes mm-hmm. going to come out of COVID is really going to be um, one relationship, kind of one program piece at a time, um, and I really think that's a helpful uh, check for us as I think uh, I've seen a lot of youth leaders go like, okay, I want to go all the way back in, <laughs> going back to mm-hmm. all of our programs. We're going to push as hard as we can um, to get things back to whatever n- the new normal is going to be. Um, and while uh, you know, we certainly want ministry to continue to move forward, uh, being able to kind of go like, okay, 
This doesn't have to be an all or nothing thing, right? It can be a one person at a time, one family at a time, one one piece of a program at a time to help uh, make sure that you're caring for your young people and their families where they're at in that moment, um, mm-hmm. that we're not just um, running ahead and trying to get things started without checking back in and making sure that we're we're moving in the right direction. So a couple of questions for you to consider as uh, you move forward. How are you building or rebuilding relationships and programs post-COVID? What networks can you connect with for support? And how can you prepare for when leadership changes happen to care for young people and to adapt as a team? We will continue to keep you on our prayers as you model faith practices, develop networks, and gain skills and training to help you better care for the young people you care for in your congregation. Uh, We pray that you'll be able to develop a team and a wider congregation to support you, youth, and their families in ministry. End Goals Podcast is a production of LCMS Youth Ministry and KFUO Radio. To find out more about LCMS Youth Ministry or to find links to resources mentioned, go to kfuo.org slash youth ministry. Thank you for listening and caring for the young people of our church. Music